It's crazy that more people don't know about HPV because it affects basically all of us. Someone listening to this is going to be diagnosed with HPV within the next year. 80 to 90% of us will have to deal with this at some point in our lives. HPV is not just a physical diagnosis because there is a lot of sexual shame around this. You know, I hear the words like, I feel dirty. I feel like my body's betrayed me. I feel gross. It's a symptom of our society. Look at the overuse of porn and the over-sexualization of women. This is what makes HPV most dangerous, I think, is the shame aspect because people don't want to talk about it. Why? Why would a woman feel shame about having basically the equivalent of the common cold for the cervix? Why is it that some people get so impacted by it and then some others don't? From a physiological standpoint, the immune system is the major player here. Chronic stress degrades our ability to have this robust immune surveillance. So then this little thing that could be fine and just dealt with is now a bigger thing. It's a nudge from your body. Why? Why is there this immune dysfunction in the first place? Clearly my body needs help somewhere. I believe that we are presented with catalysts throughout our life, and I think HPV is another catalyst. Hey, welcome to Wellness and Wisdom. This is Josh Trent, your host. This has always been the place for you to gather, apply, and embody the intelligence you need to live your life well. Someone listening to this is going to be diagnosed with HPV within the next year. And my hope is that that person will remember this conversation and know exactly what to do from the point of diagnosis. I mean, there's so much info out there. What a fucking ocean. Yeah, online. like anything. Holy shit. Anything. If you go on the webs, the Googles, it yes. seems like you could drown yes. in the info base. And women do. That's what I hear all the time. Women yeah. that I, I work with and speak to about this, they've been recently diagnosed had little to no education or guidance from their doctors. So they go to Dr. Google and it's alarming, very alarming. And, um, you know, you can find anything on the internet. And even if it's not based in reality for your specific situation. So I know we're going to get into the details around it, but a woman who's diagnosed with HPV, you know, maybe one of the lower risk strains, she goes on Dr. Google and sees that, uh, HPV is connected to cervical cancer. <laughs> well, she doesn't realize or know, or maybe hasn't been educated in the way that no, no girlfriend, you have a low risk strain, which means that it's not, it's you, you know, there's not a strong correlation to, to cancer, things like that. So right there now her anxiety is spiked, her fear is spiked and she's going to worst case scenario. And that is a very, very low vibration to live in. So right from the bat, that's just one example, of course, but right from the bat, they are not in a a state, a mental, emotional state where they feel like they're owning their experience. They're owning their health expression. It feels like, oh my God, this is happening to me. How is this happening? That's a really scary place to be. Do you feel like you're an old soul or a young soul? I don't know how I would quantify that. Like in other words, do you feel like you've had many lives or yeah. do you feel like it's your first life? Oh, this is definitely not my first life. I, uh -huh. you know, um, but I don't know how I would quantify that. And if I just say, oh, I'm definitely an old soul, um, that could be taken sort of in a like, um, you know, spiritual elite way of, of you know, viewing myself. Uh -huh. But if I were to guess, I would 
guess that this is not my first life. Yeah. I, I remember I was sitting with our mutual friend, Paul, and he was like, this is not your first life, buddy. Cause I, I, I guess in my divine wisdom, I went down like a uh, Solana beach and I got some psychic reading from a lady and she was like, this is your first life. And I shared that with Paul and he was like, no, that's actually <laughs> yeah. not true. I, I wouldn't know, guess that. I, I don't know if it's like some learning curve where everybody that I know and, and you and Chase the same, when we get into the health world, like I was a trainer for 10 years, you're a dental hygienist. Now you're helping people at a huge scale with HPV. Cause I, I moved straight up. I didn't even know about it before. I met you before you talked to mm-hmm. me about it. And this is why I'm excited to do this podcast today. And I and I thought about, okay, why do we actually care in the first place? Is it because we've lived so many lifetimes that led us to wanting to care for others in a healthy way? What do you make of that? Like there's some kind of soul karmic path mm-hmm. that you're taking. Mm-hmm. This is not just like some intellectual box that you're taking mm-hmm. where you want to help people with HPV and where you want to heal people naturally. Like there's right. something else there. I don't know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. What do you feel that is for you? Well, I definitely don't feel like this is my first life. I have a very, very strong guide archetype within me just naturally. And it. I feel this almost, it's definitely discomfort, almost pain when I feel like I have information that can help someone who's in need. And for whatever reason, I can't convey that. Maybe they're not open or maybe, you know, I don't know them and I can't convey or if I if I feel like I have information that can help someone it is painful for me to hold in. I don't know if that's, you know, just the guide archetype, the the healer archetype, I definitely have that. I mean, it's in I was attracted to dental hygiene for a reason. It's all about disease prevention, right? Like it's not just about having pretty pearly white teeth. It's about, you know, treating your oral cavity, the the gateway to the rest of your body, one of the gateways, um, treating that with the utmost respect and understanding the impact that low health or, you know, an unhealthy mouth has on the rest of the body. And so, you know, and it's a very vulnerable position. If you just, of course, you've been to the dentist, I'm sure you've had your teeth cleaned. Your, your head is literally laying in my lap and I have razor sharp instruments that you are trusting my skills. You are trusting my steady hand to take care of you and to not only that, but to recognize where you know, we can tweak some things. Where are we out of balance here? Where can I give you some support and guidance and help such that your health in six months when I see you again is going to be even better, not just your oral health, but the rest of your body. Mm. Um, And I was really, really passionate about that when I was a dental hygienist. It was my absolute favorite part of my job was the education piece. So I know that that archetype lives in me quite strong and um, I have fully embraced it. And, you know, that's why I'm no longer a clinical dental hygienist, because I was feeling these nudges along my path as I was moving through life. And even though I loved being a dental hygienist, it was a blast and I was really good at it. But there was more. There was more to be heard from me, I guess. And um, I, I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know how that was going to manifest, but I knew there was more. And uh, I'm so glad I listened to those nudges and whispers. It sounds like maybe they were tickles, but then was there ever a fucking sledgehammer where you're like, okay, I'm absolutely done with this. I know that because people watching and feeling and listening, everybody goes through like a soul wrecking of like, oh, I wanted to be a trainer or I wanted to be a doctor or mm-hmm. I wanted to be something. But then literally a event happened, like some spike event in their life happened where they could not fucking continue anymore. 
Yeah. Was there one of those for you like that? Or yeah. was it more of like an amalgamation? I would say the spike event was Chase and I's reconciliation. And when I decided, yes, um, I am going to move in with you in San Diego, move from Washington state to, to San Diego and, you know, reunite with my ex-husband. Um, all the listeners like, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, I realized that probably, they probably haven't heard that story yet. But, um, when I did that, I couldn't use my Washington state license for dental hygiene. I, and I didn't have a California state license. Mm. It's funny that these invisible state lines suddenly erase my dental hygiene skills. <laughs> so that was it where I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be a dental hygienist in California unless I wanted to go through the whole process. It was going to be years and thousands of dollars to get a California state license. So that put me in a position where I was like, okay, I'm also really passionate about this thing. And that thing being teaching people about medicinal mushrooms. It didn't start with HPV. It started with medicinal mushrooms. And um, when I listened to that nudge, um, it just got really, really clear that, you know, okay, Dental hygiene served me for a time. It was like a prerequisite. It really showed me that I value and um, admire in myself the the teacher archetype, the guide archetype, the healer archetype. Um, and that was just a taste. It was a prerequisite for what I'm doing now. So I would say moving to California was that spike moment where I was like, mm. girl, you got to get real. What are yeah. you going to do here? Did the mushrooms help you get real? Were you on the back of a sleigh with like an Amanita Muscari mushroom <laughs> and you just realized in like a haze of four hour journey that this was the wrong path for you? Because I remember for me, it was looking over the Omni in mm -hmm. Carlsbad. Mm -hmm. And when I started this podcast, I broke up with a woman I thought I was going to marry. Mm -hmm. I put my mom in a mental home and I got fired from a safe corporate job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I was like, holy shit. And so that was my spike moment where I was like, wow, it's three in the morning. I'm talking to God. I'm actually connecting with myself because I cannot go on anymore. But it doesn't feel like it was pain for you. It felt like no. it wasn't it wasn't away from something. It was towards something. No, because I loved being a dental hygienist. I thought I was going to do that, you know, until I died, whatever. Like I, I absolutely loved it. It wasn't running from pain for me. It was saying yes to yes to more, more blessing, more goodness, more greatness um, in the life that my partner Chase and I were building together. It was like, okay, this was a chapter that served me well. I'm, I'm, I'm turning the page here on this chapter and I'm, I'm going to see what else this book has in store. Mm. Okay. So the page in the book said, mushrooms <laughs> or maybe like it whispered mushrooms, yeah. but it wasn't psychedelic mushrooms. It was more medicinal, mm -hmm. right? Like the reishis, mm -hmm. the turkey tails. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, I have deep reverence and I utilize all different types of mushrooms in my life. Um, I'm not shy about that at all, but it, it started um, the journey with mushrooms. My fascination with mushrooms started with medicinal mushrooms. Um, and then, you know, the, the reverence and use of psychedelic mushrooms came later for me. Um, but it really was um, just dipping my toes. I'm sure you've been here in your health journey where you, you know, start snowballing. I started snowballing health information and podcasts, audiobooks, anything I could get my hands on because I had reached the depths of what for me was a rock bottom. And in my health, I was completely in an orthorexic state, working out way too much um, and not nourishing myself. And I, this was all self-induced. And mm. so I got to this rock bottom 
And once I like made a flip of a switch, like I need to figure this out. I, no one's going to do this for me. I need to figure this out. And as I started listening to more and more podcasts, you know, I started hearing about things like Four Sigmatic. That was kind of the entry, like the gateway sort of um, mushroom drug yeah. for people yeah. just learning about medicinal mushrooms. And that was the case for me. They were on podcasts everywhere. Oh yeah, back everywhere. I mean, literally and it was, you couldn't listen to a show without hearing yeah. Four Sigmatic. Yeah. And it was Sean Stevenson that turned me on. And okay. so then from there, um, when I, I, you know, was using these for in my own life, you know, coffees and mixtures and whatever, um, then it, it graduated to, uh, the mushroom unicorn as I call it, which is AHCC active hexose correlated compound. Once I'll I say that 10 times quickly, yeah. <laughs> can you say that one more time? Active hexose correlated compound. Okay. H V A C C H A H C C. AHCC. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on the screen right now, everybody, the, the picture of <laughs> yeah. it, because I know you you formulated this yourself, Yes, which is amazing. So AHCC, um, is, it comes from the basically the roots or the mycelia of shiitake mushrooms. It's cultured in a very specific way um, over the course of like uh, 60 days in these huge liquid tanks. And um, I won't get super deep into AHCC until you, you want, unless you want to. But when I heard about AHCC, I was actually in my uh, dental hygiene job. One of our um, patients had been diagnosed with HPV later in life, like middle age, she was in her fifties. And, um, she had said that her naturopath recommended this mushroom to help clear HPV. And I was like, what the mushroom that can clear HPV? I was like, was it reishi chaga? You know, I thought I knew something about these, uh, about these mushrooms and I, I, I knew a bit, but not much. And, um, she, the hygienist said, oh, um, it was uh, AHCC. And I immediately went online. I was like, what is this thing? And I had already known that HPV was a big problem because when you're a dental hygienist, you're going through the medical history of every single patient. Mm. So, hey, are there any changes to your medical history, this and that? And so I was seeing that HPV was a really common thing, but I didn't know of anything to help it. So when I heard um, that it worked, that this AHCC mushroom, quote unquote mushroom, uh, worked, I was like, my interest was peaked. And I was like, I got to know about this thing. That was a spike moment. Okay. For sure. I love these moments because I reflect back upon them when I forget how much they waited on my soul. Yes. Like for example, when we do anything in life, like I'm sure tell people the URL it's uh, free and clear. What is it? Yeah. It's clearhpv.com. Clearhpv.com. This is not something easy to build. This takes fucking work mm -hmm. for the lack of a better term. <laughs> and and when you do that much work, you have to go back to those spike moments that you mm -hmm. really were changed by in order to have them fuel you on, on a continuous basis. Because man, it's not easy to create. There has to be some kind of weight, some kind of gravitas to keep us going. I'm sure that moment for you where you're like, wow, there's way more to mushrooms than mm -hmm. I ever thought possible. Mm -hmm. But beyond just the science, like I get it too, because I'm intellectually stimulated by what science does. And I love science mm -hmm. and I love how it impacts the body on a spiritual level, on an emotional level, there's something else that this is providing reprieve for. Like there's something really specific that this specific blend of mushroom is helping people on. I'm glad you're here because there's something that has been pressing on my heart for a long time and it is food quality. I do the best I can, I'm sure like you do, but what do we do even when the food we're buying is organic and our soils and our minerals have been depleted? 
not just from our earth crust, but from our atmosphere and the air we breathe. In other words, how do we get the micro and the macronutrients and all of our vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, prebiotics, probiotics into our body without spending an arm and a leg to do so, or without some astronaut giving us particles from outer space? We do it through Organifi. <laughs> this is my favorite hands down protein powder, greens, gold, and red powder. We're talking about all spectrums of ashwagandha, rhodiola, rosea, turkey tail, mushroom, lemon balm, any and every adaptogen that really moves the needle for calmness, for sleep, for energy, for vitality. Adaptogens go deep into the cells of the body and they make the body function better. They move the needle in what's called homeostasis. So if you want to find your center again and do it through an affordable whole food source, I wholeheartedly, hands down, recommend all the Organifi products. My favorite is the vanilla protein. I love the greens powder. I love the red powder in the afternoon before a workout. And before I go to sleep, I love to have the Organifi gold. I also am friends with the founder, Drew Canoli, so I was able to get the best discount online. You're never gonna find a discount that's this deep. It's joshtrent.com forward slash Organifi. You can just head to the Organifi website and the code is all caps wellness force. One long word, wellness force. Jostrend.com forward slash Organifi. Use the code wellness force to get the best organically certified vanilla protein, red, green, and gold powder. So you can have these adaptogens work for you. Let's get back to the podcast. And maybe let's just dive right in. Like, mm -hmm. what even is HPV? Because mm -hmm. in full transparency, like, I'm not going to be a bullshitter. I did not even know what it was. I had to look it up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You're, so what is it? What, yeah. what, let's start with that. I would say you're in the majority of people, which is crazy. Not, I mean, not saying you're crazy, but I'm it's totally, I, I actually am. <laughs> I think in order to be really well, we have to be a little crazy. We're crazy. We're all we a little, little crazy. crazy. We're all a little dorky. We're all a little nerdy and we're all a little crazy. I hope so. All the good ones. Are. I hope so. But um, yeah. So what I mean is it's crazy that pe more people don't, know about HPV because it affects basically all of us. That is 80 to 90% of men and women who are sexually active past the age of 15 are going to be exposed hey. to HPV and, and not only just exposed, but your body is going to have to deal with it. And so HPV stands for human papillomavirus, and it's really an umbrella. So it's an umbrella term for over 200 different strains of viruses. And I know there's a lot of controversy about this V word because you know you, 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 you don't have to go very far on Instagram or the web to, to see people talking about like, do viruses even exist? Mm -hmm. I'm fully aware of that. Right now, we don't have a better term for what this thing is. And I'm not even going to pretend like I know all, everything there is to know about viruses. No one can, but we have to use a word for what's happening in the body. And so I just want to like put that aside for this conversation. I'm sure there's some people listening that are like, I don't even believe in viruses. That's totally fine. I don't even know if I really, really do either because I haven't been swayed one way or another mm -hmm. yet. I'm not going to be that egotistical to say like, I know for sure 100% one way or another. Two amazing resources, Zach Bush and Dr. Cowan, Dr. Yes, Tom Cowan. Yes, and Zach Bush is, you know, yeah. featured in our content of delivering this message of what viruses are, how they behave in the body. You just sent somebody on a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole nother podcast right there. Right, Please totally. continue. Yeah. But I need to I need to address it because it's something that I hear often where it's like, Oh, you you teach about HPV. Well, 
viruses don't even exist. And it's like, okay, call it a football. I don't care what we call it. There's something happening in the body that is linked <laughs> to cervical cancer for some women. So we need to look at this. We need to look at what's happening in the body. So all that, that's my disclaimer, okay? Um, so HPV is this umbrella term for over 200 different strains of these different variations of viruses. And they're bucketed into two major buckets of low risk and high risk, which I mentioned earlier. The low risk strains are more associated with things like genital warts, benign growths, things like that. They're not like cute. They're not awesome. People don't love to have these things, but they're probably not going to lead to anything like cancer. Um, the high risk strains are named as such because they are they have a stronger association to things like cervical cancer and in men, you know, um, anal cancer, penile cancer, things like that. Um, all of these are rare. It's less than 1% of HPV cases will go on to develop something like cancer, mm. but it's not zero. So it's something that we need to be aware of. So that's what HPV is. It's the most common commonly transmitted STI, sexually transmitted infection. And, and like I said, 80 to 90% of us will have to deal with this at some point in our lives um, because it is, it is that common. Mm. So. so if it's almost everybody, then why is it that some people get so impacted by it and mm -hmm. then some others don't? It's kind of like the whole CV19 theater, mm -hmm. right? The COVID, the mask wearing. Mm -hmm. Some people actually died from it, right? And I'm not here to say that it was anything the media said it was, mm -hmm. but HPV, if you put it in the same microscope, even though it's a totally different path, mm -hmm. same microscope, what is it about the human physiology? And I'm sure you cover this in the program, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You, you and Dr. Nathan, who's mm -hmm. amazing. He helped us so much with mm -hmm. the birth of Nova, my son. Yeah. So shout out to Nathan. I'm sad he couldn't be here today. Yeah. Um, but, but one really amazing thing I'm sure you found was like, wow, some people react so negatively to this. And then some people mm -hmm. just breeze right through it yeah. as if it never even touched them at all. What, what's mm -hmm. the physiology and maybe even the spirituality behind that? It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. Um, well, first and foremost, from a physiological standpoint, it, it, there, <laughs> the immune system is the major player here. Like any other viral particle, whatever you want to call it, any other virus or thing that we come into contact with that can potentially be harmful, it comes down to our immune system and how robust our immune response, our immune surveillance is. So immune surveillance is the ability of your immune system to detect and deal with basically, for lack of a better term, um, these different pathogens, bacterias, viruses, even mutated cancer cells. It comes down to your immune surveillance. Things like NK cells, natural killer cells, which are like, if you think of the immune system as a sort of army of your body, um, the NK cells are the generals. They are initiating the first response, the first attack, even though I don't really like that word because it's, I don't even love the word like fighting. My body's fighting something. No, your body's integrating a message. Your body's getting a message from some, you know, bit of genomic material from the outside world that's interacting with your system. And it's trying to integrate the message. And for some people, that message is really hard to integrate. And it, we have these manifestations of disease. That's how I like to think of us interacting with viruses. If viruses were these awful, horrible, deadly, 
things. Right now, we're in this room, we are breathing probably millions of viruses. There's 10 to the 31 viruses in the air that we breathe, in the soil, in the water. That is like 10 times the amount of stars in our universe. So if viruses were out to get us, if they were here to kill us, we would all be dead already. All of us, poof, bye. So clearly, that's not it. So what is it? Could it perhaps be these bits of genomic material that arise from the environment in a stressed state are here to maybe even help us, maybe integrate this message, maybe up-level our software, right? This is our hardware, but our immune system can be considered as like software where we get these upgrades. And just like if your phone is overloaded or if your um, computer is overloaded or overtaxed or overstressed, you try to do an update and it might just like crash, Mm -hmm. right? So I know this is an oversimplification of a very complex and nuanced um, biological pathway in the body, you know, talking about the immune system, um, but that's how I see it. And so I think people who have very robust immune systems are not going to have a problem with this, but I, I mean, we live in a very stressful world. We're never going to get away from stress completely, but when our stress buckets get so full, um, you know, from different outside pathogens, from the food that we eat, from toxic relationships, from whatever work stress, kids stress, these stress buckets get so full and something like, you know, HPV virus come in and it's just like the stress buckets are now overflowing. So this little bit of genomic material that maybe 10 years ago you would have been able to deal with just fine, you're in the stressed state, this low-grade chronic stressed state mm-hmm. where your cortisol is raised and by which your NK cells are lowered. We know that. We see that in clinical research that these really strong low-grade stress chronic stress degrades our ability to have this robust immune surveillance. So then this little thing that could be fine and just dealt with is now a, a, a bigger thing. Mm, the body's badass. First, so badass. first and foremost. So badass. So all the ways that you beautifully articulated the terrain inside of us that is wanting these upgrades when the message, I liked how you said that there's some kind of little snippet some little message that's turning off and on epigenetic coding that's either making us well or making us have disease. Mm -hmm. And so why do you think that the creator of all things, right? Great spirit, God, and infinite intelligence put these little snippets out there, these little messages like HPV Mm -hmm. to bring people from chaos to order. Because sometimes, and I found this in my own life, I have to go so deep into chaos Mm -hmm. that that's the only way I can find order on a Mm -hmm. soul level, on a being level, Mm -hmm. not faking it, like actually embodying peace, embodying Mm -hmm. order. What what do you make of that from, I've never actually thought of this question Mm. and this is why I love what we do. Why do you you believe the creator put that little snippet out there for us to direct us from chaos to order? What do you make of that? Well, I am of the mind, you know, uh, I tend to align with, the law of one sort of raw representation of why why bad things exist in the universe, quote unquote, bad, yeah. evil. Why does it exist? I believe that we are presented with catalysts throughout our life. And I think HPV is another catalyst. It's, a, it's an opportunity for growth. A lot of these women that I work with, 
they're they get this HPV diagnosis and you know maybe they're DMing me on Instagram and they're like you know I don't understand how this is happening I feel so healthy all of this and really what it is it's a, it's a whisper it's a nudge it's a nudge from your body <laughs> that like hey I need help I need I need I need you to be more in balance. Mm. Like, let's take a look at some of these other things. So I'm not going to pretend that I know why the creator or the the one source, you know, specifically created viral particles, but it makes sense to me that these are little catalysts for our physical body. And I think in turn, our also mental and emotional bodies, because mm. HPV is not just a physical diagnosis because of the shame that surrounds this diagnosis. Um, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about the fact that they have HPV. Um, there is a lot of sexual shame around this. You know, I hear the words like, I feel dirty. I feel like my body's betrayed me. I feel gross. I don't even want to tell my partner, mm. which is really sad. It's honestly heartbreaking. It's a symptom of our society. Yes. Look at the overuse of porn and the over-sexualization of women where back in the day, and in Austin, you can go down to Ladybird Lake, and I think there's women topless where they're not being sexualized. They can just be out there. But there's this hyper focus on sexuality. And then there's almost this creation of a vacuum where yeah. people are watching porn, and then they're the ones that are out there judging others yeah. for being sexual. Yeah. I think this whole shame blame game, which is really like, I think why what you're doing is so important is because the emotional aspect of what a woman goes through and men get it too, right? But it's mainly more women. Well, yes, men are actually, if you want to know the exact statistics globally, this was a, a recent meta-analysis that came out of the Lancet in 2023. One, globally, one in three, just about one in three, about 31% of men globally have at least one strain of genital HPV in their body being, you know, affecting them. And about one in five have one of the high risk genital HPV strains. So that's, that's a large number. That's, you know, that's one in three, one in five. That's a lot of mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. but there is no widely available FDA approved test for men. So women are the only ones who are getting pap smears. There's not a pap smear equivalent for a man. Um, there's STD testing. You can go into any, you know, clinic or whatever and get a, get a panel, but HPV likely won't be on there unless you're going to someone that's way off on the edges. Right. Mm. Um, and so most men have no idea until their partner, their wife, their girlfriend, or maybe an ex calls them and says, Hey, I just got diagnosed with HPV. It's probably something that you have as well or are dealing with. So I forget your exact, your, your, um, I was where going you on a tangent that. that pulled yeah. us back to the river. Yeah. The tangent was that you answered in the river. The tangent was there's people like that are out there that don't even know they have it. Why is it such even a big deal that they have it? You said that there's a really aggressive form that harms people. And then there's maybe a non-aggressive form that doesn't exacerbate. And really maybe you could even live a totally healthy life if you had it mm -hmm. and you'd never have to clear it at all. Um, what's the difference between the two? And, and honestly, like why should women and men care so much about the aggressive form? I mm -hmm. think that's really what it is. And then, then we can get into the shame aspect because that deserved so much more nuance and so much deeper exploration. Mm -hmm. I started yeah. to tease it, but like, we'll go back to that. So let's go back to the shame, yeah. but, but really like, why is it such a big deal that we care about this? For many reasons. One reason being, like I said, it, it affects so many of us without us even knowing it has the potential to affect any sexually active person. 
unless both people have been only with one person their entire life sexually, then you're at risk. So that's basically all of us. Okay. Yeah. And unless you're like hardcore Mormon. Right. If you, again, or if you've, if you've on only been with, if both people yeah. have only been with one person, then you're, you're probably good. If you own a TikTok account, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> you're not that person. <laughs> um, and so that's not most of us. Yeah. Most of us have been yeah. with more than one person in our lives. And so the, the prevalence is why we should care. Also, if left unaddressed, untreated, undiagnosed, unsupported, unguided, it can lead to cervical cancer. About 350,000 women die every year of cervical cancer. And it's one of those horrible, awful cancers that are really, really hard to treat because it just kind of, sorry, just kind of blows up in the reproductive system. And there's not a lot of great treatment options once, um, at least in the mainstream, the conventional model, mm. um, there's not a lot of great treatment options. So if you are a woman with a cervix, or if you are a man who loves a woman with a cervix, um, because of the prevalence and that, you know, that risk, um, it's really, really important for us to, to know, um, what this thing is and how to treat our bodies. If it ever, if we ever do come up positive or if your wife or girlfriend comes up positive mm. this is not woman papillomavirus this is human papillomavirus so something that we really try to convey to the women that we work with we also work with men as well but mostly it's women um you know we we through the the program that we have we really um get the man her male partner on board with like dude guy this is a team effort this is not a her issue if you've been sexually active this is a you guys issue and there's no blame or shame happening here there shouldn't be because there is no way to tell if she exposed you or you exposed her it's just a you guys thing now so um, that's really important. And then I think another layer to this conversation is um, the, the uh, opportunity, the offering, the coercion, the invitation to receive the Gardasil 9 vaccine at, eight, at very young ages for little boys and little girls. Parents need to know what HPV is and what you can do to either prevent it or to clear it if it is positive because the, the vaccine has a whole slew of issues and problems with it. Mm. Um, so this is another layer. This is not just men and women who are sexually active. It's also parents that need to know what is up with this vaccine because right around nine years old, your pediatrician, if you're you know seeing a regular pediatrician, they will likely recommend this vaccine for your child. Mm. Well, this isn't medical advice and nothing ever is. Nope. But I actually don't want to ever see a pediatrician for my son or my daughter. I'd rather just go to people that I trust in my network. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm in a specific bubble where I have access to that. But for the average person, this is why what you do is so important, because if they don't hear this message and if somebody that is suffering or that just found out they have HPV um, doesn't hear this, they may fall into the clutches of what I call the yes. system or, yes. the, or the medical mafia. Yeah. And I got a glimpse of that when Nova was born. It was probably the most, 
I want to say like top three traumatic things in my life just to go through the NICU and just mm. see it, see the belly of the beast from inside of its intestines. Like it mm -hmm. was next level trauma for all of us. And granted those people there, I don't think they have ill intent. I don't think they're evil people. They're doing the best they can with the knowledge and education and really all the work they put in mm -hmm. to get there. They don't want to have any kind of like overload of, of letting go of the 10 years of schooling that got them there, what their ego might react to if they were to all of a sudden see the light. But what happens in the darkness is, this is on the screen right now, the Gardasil lawsuit accused Merrick of fraudulently concealing evidence regarding the health risks of Gardasil while falsely promoting it as a vaccine that can prevent cervical cancer. That's, yeah. To me, I'm like, okay, it doesn't surprise me, but it also still makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Like that, I can't get away from the emotion of a company actually knowingly putting out a product. And it's not even a, I don't think it, that vaccines are products. I think vaccines are actually just tools to make money. A real product is of service, like true right. service. Right. Um, and I'm not here to demonize anyone, but like the evil that is out there in the world. And maybe you can go into this a little bit. I'm sure it's why emotionally you care so much about helping people mm -hmm. to not fall into the clutches of getting this vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, Go into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I care so much about this is not because, to my knowledge, I've I've never faced HPV. I've never been positive. Um, so it doesn't come from direct personal experience. But my personal experience is in speaking to women over the past four years who are who are so desperate for help and have been completely left in the dark, left behind by their provider. That's what gets me so fired up. Um, and not only that, I know the system is set up. It's it, again, like you said, it's not because these gynecologists are bad people. I right. think, you know, the large, large majority of, of doctors, physicians, providers get into the medical world because they truly want to help people. But we know how the system is set up. It's not set up to help your long-term health and vitality thrive. It's set up to manage symptoms, not to look at what those symptoms might mean upstream and go upstream and fix those and address those. Like, what I try to do, how I try to help women. It's like, okay, your body's having a symptom of cervical dysplasia, which is where the cervical tissue starts to degrade and become damaged because of this HPV um, virus. So that's the manifestation is this cervical dysplasia. Their, their answer, their solution that I say in the heaviest quotes possible is to go in and remove a portion of the cervix Cutting away a part of the body is not a solution. It's not a treatment. You're literally just turning off the check engine light. So it's not addressing anything. And there are more non-solution solutions that we can certainly go into. But um, this is uh, this is a, a huge issue for me. This is a, um, a point of passion, obviously. It started out as curiosity and just simply wanting to get information out, knowing that you know, something like AHCC has been proven to eradicate HPV, but that's where it started. And I was like, oh, I need to tell people about this. Once I did start telling people about this, I would get droves and droves of women. Sometimes I would go on these big shows as a guest. And then the next day, my inbox would be full of hundreds of messages from women who are like, Oh my God, I've, you know, I'm in this place. I'm so scared. I'm so anxious. My doctor hasn't told me anything. Once you hear thousands of stories like that, you realize what 
there's such a deep, deep problem in our medical system that these women are completely left to their own devices. And it may not be a big deal for the provider because she's because of the prevalence, it's being diagnosed probably five times a day for that provider. So it's not a big deal to her. So she says, okay, come back in six months, we'll check you again. That woman now hears HPV and now she's running through all the things, all the questions, the concerns. She's laying awake at night mm -hmm. wondering, is this going to affect my fertility? Do, how do I even bring this up with my partner? Am I at risk of getting cancer? Um, you know, is, the, is this going to affect the rest of my life? Am I going to die from this? Like I've literally heard women say, I feel like I'm going to die from this. And that's a, once you hear thousands of stories like that, this passion in me has just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper. This, this seed has just gone deeper and deeper and deeper inside of me as I speak to more women and realize how big of a problem this is. Do they find out about it just on a normal, like annual pap smear? Is that where they find out about the mm -hmm. HPV results? Typically? Yeah. Yeah. So you generally women over 21 go in, get their, their pap smear. And then after 21, it's recommended to start getting tested or actually after 30, um, after 30 is when they start testing for HPV. You can ask for the HPV test or screen, um, but they might not do it um, automatically until age 30. So you can ask for it. Um, if they see that there is an abnormality on the pap smear, then they might say, okay, we need to do an HPV screening or we want to, we recommend this. They might just do them together. It's a little different for everyone. Mm. Um, depends on age and things like that. But um, yeah, so every one to three years, usually women are going in and having this screening done. They're looking at their cervix and it's usually either coming back normal or abnormal. And and then they look at it from there. Okay, this looks like it's HPV related. And then from there, there are different um, levels of severity um, of the cervical dysplasia that this can cause. Cervical dysplasia, dysplasia just meaning, again, that the cervical tissue is starting to change, transform, degrade. And if that goes on long enough without being addressed, it can turn into something like cervical cancer. Okay. So for, for me, I would never freaking experience HPV like Carrie Michelle. Like it just wouldn't happen. Right. The, the amount of physicality that goes down with the de degradation of the cervix, which is like so sad, which brings it back to my other question that we don't have an answer for. Why would infinite intelligence create this message for us? I do believe that chaos wants order. So there's mm -hmm. some type of order that's wanting to be sought out by this being here. And then what happens is, is I think we live in this ego construct of a society where anything that's not understood is first vilified. Mm -hmm. Anything that is not understood that doesn't make sense like gravity, that we can't see it or feel it or touch it or understand mm -hmm. exactly why it's there, it gets demonized. And I find that to be the case more often than not, unfortunately. So I want to go back to the shame part of it because there is so much shame around just our society and sex. Mm -hmm. And even look what happened in the 80s and 90s and the 2000s with AIDS and just all the ways that everyone is judged, quote, quote for just having sex, which is a beautiful part of being alive, mm -hmm. right? We have sex, yeah. we eat food, we bring life into the world. Talk about the shame aspect of this because I think so many people are suffering. So many women specifically are suffering with this. Yeah. Why do women feel so much shame around HPV? Yeah, this is a, this is a, um, a big, big question. Um, a seemingly simple question maybe, but 
um, I think it's multifaceted. One is the societal, just our culture, you know, on Carl's Jr. commercials, on billboards, you know, on Instagram, like sex is just plastered everywhere. Yet you, you know, someone might walk by a mother with, you know, a child who's breastfeeding with her, her breast out or visible or whatever. And they're like, Ugh oh my God, she just wants attention or something like that. You know, like that's a very, very <laughs> low vibration thought. Um, but we, it, it's like, holy crap, how is there this huge, huge discrepancy between, you know, a woman's body and sexuality and what her actual, you know, like functional, you know, breast milk is for the baby and everything. So there's this huge discrepancy. We know that. And I think with um, HPV, I think... Sometimes this can be rooted back to, um, believe it or not, like it or not, America does have this imprint of religion in our society, like on our money, in God we trust. You know, I don't know a lot of people who don't celebrate Christmas, which is technically a religious holiday, um, you know, Easter, things like that. We have this imprint, this this um, low sort of like religious essence to our our society to our country and in that space sex is demonized sex is wrong sex is bad sex is gonna you know i grew up in the evangelical christian church and oh uh, that is not for the faint of heart no no that's no, like a not. roller coaster for the soul evangelical yes. Yes. evangelical and pentecostal both yeah yeah so i grew up um in the christian church and you know sex was this huge, huge thing that they, they wanted you to think didn't exist. So if you found out that one of your friends in youth group or church or school, I went to a Christian school as well, was having sex, it was like, you judge them, you demonize them, they are not to be hung out with. Like, So I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone. I'm just making a point that there is this imprint on our society. Mm. And so I think that our view of sex and sexuality um, is completely distorted from a lot of different things. Um, and so I think within that, we have to s sort of, um, I, we get to really sort of play detective and figure out why. Why would a woman feel shame about having basically the equivalent of the common cold for the cervix? right? Because of how common it is. And because we can interact with HPV, our body can deal with it. And we might never even know that we were ever positive. Our bodies dealt with it and we're fine, just like the common cold. But for some people, they get the common cold and they don't do well. Some people, they get HPV and they don't do well. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is our opportunity, I think, to st take a step back and look at why. Why is there this shame piece um, this is what makes the HPV virus very dangerous, in my opinion, because less than 1% are going to develop cervical cancer, right? The odds are in your favor that you're probably not going to die of cervical cancer. What makes it dangerous is that when people get this diagnosis, specifically women, because they're the ones that are going and getting tested through their pap screening and things, they have to carry this burden, and for most of them, it is a huge burden on their shoulders, not knowing who they can talk to. I literally just had a call with a woman this week who is um, who joined our Clear and Free program. She said that I like don't even want to say this out loud because it's like so heartbreaking to me. Say it, please. She said that she told her girlfriend after she was diagnosed HPV positive, and her girlfriend they were 
at her apartment and they were cooking dinner together and her girlfriend said, well, I don't want to eat your food. You have HPV. And that like, that's whether she said it in jest or not, when, when the, the woman who I was speaking to said this, it didn't seem like it was in jest. And that is, you now, you now feel like you're, you're tainted, you're dirty, you're gross, you're this, where people don't want to interact with you because you have this infection. That is fucking heartbreaking. And how do you place that? Even if you know it's not true, like, how do you place that? Mm. And so I think when people don't, all that to say, this is what makes HPV most dangerous, I think, is the shame aspect because people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to ask questions. Mm. They don't want to, hey, you know, call up their girlfriends like, hey, did you guys, any of you have HPV? Like, I'm trying to get rid of this thing. How'd you deal with it? Chances are they did. They have tested positive just based on the t- statistics, but people don't want to talk about it. They don't mm. even want to talk to their partners about it. Sometimes I am the only person that this woman has told in the world that she has HPV and she's had it for maybe a few years. So the shame aspect is very real, very dangerous. Um, and it's not a flip of a switch. If you felt shame in your life for anything that you've I don't know done, what you're talking about. I've never felt shame at all. Maybe. Well, you must be floating over there because I certainly have. And it is not, it is not a flip of a switch. Once you, once you realize like, okay, I know intellectually I shouldn't have shame about this thing. Yeah. I know I did nothing wrong. I know I did nothing wrong. Why do I have shame about this thing? We know that we shouldn't carry this shame. So why does it linger? Why does it stick around? It's, it's, it's a story that we tell ourselves and we have to take the time to rewrite that story. And that, that takes time. Something that I was <laughs> feeling before we started recording, and I even mentioned it to you, is this like lower vibration, this victim vibration. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced it in like going to an ayahuasca ceremony in 2018. I was in victim vibration. Mm. People that may have been plastered with this diagnosis from a non-evil, well-meaning, you know, OBGYN Mm -hmm. or medical provider. But that person has no idea the impact that they're putting on that that woman, let's just use a woman, for example. And then she goes around and she goes to Google and she gets like drowning in the information on Google. And then Mm -hmm. there's more shame buildup and the shame spiral exists when unfortunately, you know, she's having dinner with a friend and the friend judges her with like a cruel joke. And I think about the, the way emotionally that impacts a human being, specifically a woman, because women um, tend to be, I I know I'm making a gross oversimplification. Women tend to have a more sensitive emotional body than Mm men. Right. Yeah. Not in all cases, but, but thank God for that. Right. Thank God for that. I mean, otherwise my (laughs) son probably wouldn't have the beautiful dynamic he has. Right. I can't breastfeed. That's a good thing. And so, and so, you know, I I think about this narrative that she will just use this woman right now and she's on the screen. So think of her as, as Jane and Jane is going and she's looking on Google and she's going to the medical provider. And then all of a sudden she hears this podcast and she's like, wow, what Mimi is saying makes sense to some part of me. Some part of me is like resonating with this, not being a lifetime diagnosis, not being a shame thing where I have to sit in this low vibes. Mm -hmm. Talk about the two paths because one Mm -hmm. path Jane could go on would be the path of shame, the path Mm -hmm. of vibration of victimhood, where she then goes and gets another vaccine and Mm -hmm. does all this unnecessary treatment, has a part of her cervix cut out. I mean, what an incredibly sad, arduous path. Mm -hmm. Then there's the other path 
where she could work with somebody like you and she could do something that actually addresses her immune system mm -hmm. and the way that her body is actually built to survive and to thrive. Like, yeah. Juxtapose those two because this is actually the core of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you beautifully laid it out. There are two paths and only two paths. Whenever we receive any diagnosis, nudge, whisper from our body that, hey, something is not right, we have these two options. One is to say, this is happening to me. Woe is me. I'm a victim. Somebody figured this out for me. I'm going to go to my doctor. Whatever they say, I'm going to do because they're the expert. That's sort of, you know, approaching it from, uh, you could say like the child archetype, right? Tell me what to do, how to do it. And there's nothing, I'm, I'm not going to say that that is bad. It's just one path and you don't know what you don't know. Um, so a lot of women go down this path of, you know, um, staying in this uh, victim mindset. And I don't mean that as a degradation. I mean that you haven't fully taken responsibility for your full health expression. That's all that that means. You're looking to someone outside of yourself to fix the problem for you. When 10 times out of 10, when HPV is cleared, it's always done by your immune system. Every single time, no shot, no pill, no doctor, no procedure is going to clear that HPV for you. It comes down to your immune system. So the other path is saying, you know what? This really sucks. Wasn't really hoping for this outcome, but here we are. There's this acceptance. And then the next step is to say or to ask, how can I fix this? How, what can I do? What was my contribution to the, certain, the, the specific circumstance that I'm in right now? And this applies to any medical diagnosis, mm. not just HPV. What was my contribution? As Paul Check says, the body never lies. You are God to your body. And your body is always reflecting back to you how well you are being God. So then at that point, if she maybe speaks to someone like me or Dr. Nathan Riley, she gets this encouragement from the very beginning, like, no, girlfriend, you get to choose. You are in control. You get to take ownership of your health expression you get to take responsibility. That's a gift. That means that leads to freedom, right? If you're in someone else's hands, you're not free. So choosing, taking responsibility for your health expression is where freedom lies. That's where we, that's where we get our freedom is saying, I'm a sovereign individual and clearly my body needs help. That's all that this is. So we can alchemize or transform this signal from our body as this detrimental, you know, death sentence, which it's not, to my body needs help. I'm going to treat my body like a best friend. What is my body asking for right now? What does she need from me right now? So in that, we're taking ownership. We are a sovereign adult, wise adult archetype, and we are going upstream and asking, why? Why is there this immune dysfunction in the first place? Clearly, my body needs help somewhere. You know, well, I've been going through the drive-thru more. Uh, I probably, I could, I could clean up my diet a bit. You know, I really haven't been moving my body much. Um, I know that physical movement exercise is so good for the immune mm. system. Yeah, I've definitely been slacking there. You know, I haven't really had a great relationship with myself. My mind has kind of been in the gutter. I've had an immense amount of stress from job, from kids, from the diagnosis of HPV. 
my I know my stress buckets. I know that those are really full, and I'm not dealing with stress in the optimal way. Um, you know, these are different lifestyle aspects that we can take a step back from and look at with a discerning eye, a discerning eye, but a compassionate eye. Curiosity and compassion are the two main ingredients that we need here. Just curiosity about why this is happening, go upstream, and then compassion for understanding that like you did nothing wrong. This is not a situation where you need to be flogging yourself. This is simply your body asking for help. And when you can take that leap into, all right, I'm just, I'm just here to help. I'm, I'm here, here to show up for my body and help her where she needs it, where she needs more support. Mm. Where can we find more balance between not too much and not too little? That is the mantra for life in everything. Not too much sex, not too little sex, not too much food, not too little food, not too much Give sleep, me the not, too, <laughs> not Every- too little sleep, right? Yes. It's everything. Yes. So when we take that approach, you are now in the driver's seat of your health expression vehicle and you get to decide. Not only is it like, it's so much more of an empowering place to be, um, I think mentally and emotionally, um, but you really, like it's, it's, it's like a nervous system massage when you are able to tell yourself, nope, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm here, I'm here to help my body and I'm gonna give her whatever she, whatever I intuit that she needs. Right. Or maybe with some guidance from from people who have been through this before or from providers who have some experience here. I'm going to receive that guidance. I'm going to put my energy, time, effort and investments towards healing, towards helping my body heal. It knows how to heal. It wants to heal. It's working so hard to heal 24 seven. This is a signal that your body needs help in order to heal. You're so fired up about this. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you're not sitting here like screaming, pounding your fist from a pulpit. Like you're, you're very, you have a conviction mm-hmm. and there's a passion behind this for you. And I wonder if it's connected to when you said the wheels fell off the wagon when you're a dental hygienist. Mm-hmm. I, I know you had said you've never had HPV to your knowledge, but the same way that women can fall and men can fall into this victimhood state where we talked about the two paths of Jane. Mm-hmm. She could go the empowered path or she could go the path, uh, the the path of disempowerment. Neither one are like deserving of shame or praise. Actually, it's just the path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the path is the path. Yeah. But I wonder for you, the reason are, are you so on fire about HPV because it reminds you about something about yourself and the way that you overcame something that was making your health deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely I know the feeling of being feeling like you're at a, a low, a rock bottom, a health hell hole rock bottom. And for me, that was back in 2017. Um, again, I, this was at the point where I was completely orthorexic in my tendencies, my habits, these healthy habits that become unhealthy because we take them to such a degree of severity. It's Drake's fault when he talks about the girl on the treadmill only yeah, eating salad. Right, it's right, his fault. Right. Drake, I hope you're listening. He's creating unhealthy women. <laughs> Drake, you suck. You suck, dude. So this was me. I was way over exercising, way under eating for how active I was. And after a couple years of that, your and not only that, but also you know that that was shortly after Chase and I separated, divorced, and I was carrying a lot of emotional baggage that I was not willing to look at because it meant that I needed to also look at how I carried myself through our marriage. And I wasn't willing to do that at that point. 
it was too much for me. And uh, I was just in self-preservation mode. And so I was at this rock bottom hell hole. And I had the thought so many times, like I've been to doctors, I've been to naturopaths. No one can tell me what's wrong because I look fit. I look okay. I look like a girl that works out. Oh, like, oh, just, you know, eat a sandwich. You'll be fine kind of thing. And it's like, no, this is deep. So I had this feeling like, no one is going to fix this for me. No one is going to help me. And, but I, I was committed to getting out of that hellhole. And I did. I freaking clawed my way, tooth and nail, out of that hellhole. But it took probably way longer than it should have because I, I was on my own. And part of that is, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming or shaming anyone. People did try to help me along the way. Um, but part of that was on me because I wasn't willing to be completely honest with the people in my life who were trying to help me. So part of that is on me. You know, I'm not, I'm not shifting any blame here. It's, it's all on me. Um, but I was, yeah, I was determined and committed to figuring this out, to living better. And I figured it out. I, I, I'm not saying that I'm at the destination of health because I don't believe there is a destination, but well, yeah, we die. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the destination. Right. But I mean, you don't get to a point where you just say, I'm healthy and I'll just be like sure, this forever. Sure. Right. It's a yeah. journey. Um, and so I have overcome that. And also, you know, this big shame piece that is so interwoven to this HPV story that so many women <sighs> feel. I yeah. have felt yeah. deep, immense sexual shame in my life. And I've also taken the time and put my energy, effort, and resources towards releasing that because I knew that it would not serve me for the life that I wanted to live. I had to figure out a way to release this shame. And I did. And, you know, I'm really proud of that. And I I, I want to be able to share this, this process with other women, any woman that it resonates with, you know. Again, I have this lived experience and it pains me you know, when I, when I feel like I'm not able to share it. Mm. Well, you're here sharing it literally in the light, which is super important. I don't know if that was like a cool, like spell you just cast it <laughs> on us, right? Uh, you're here in the light sharing it. I've, I've shared God, maybe like 20 podcasts or more about my own journey of shame with pornography and shame with like kind of a sex addiction with women in Pacific beach, California, which was an easy path for, I think a lot of men to take. I was mm -hmm. in the fitness industry. Like it was just a very parasitic environment. And we know that pathogens are parasitic, right? Sex is the most beautiful, like sacred. I've been learning this with Carrie Michelle, you know, like what sex actually mm -hmm. is, what sex in a divine union is, is so different than what I thought sex was in the past. So fucking different. And actually it created a bubble through my own behavior. And, you know, I love the old version of myself because he was literally doing the best he yeah. could with the amount of consciousness and knowledge that he had, but he literally was not doing what was serving his soul. Mm -hmm. And also figuratively, like you could look at it in a book or you could see me in real life. And if you had any consciousness to yourself, you could look at like a 20 something ish version of me and you would say, wow, this guy seems like he's not on the right path. It seems like he's really, actually just taking advantage of others and hurting himself because deep within inside of me, I didn't have an understanding of what loving Josh was. I mm -hmm. didn't know what that was. I was seeking it through literally the cervix of women. I was mm -hmm. seeking love for myself mm -hmm. by getting it somehow on a temporary basis from women. And it took me so 
so on a deep journey to actually touch that shame Mm -hmm. in moments. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we touch the shame, maybe there's not even a a space of courage in our heart that that thinks we can even handle it because the emotion of shame can be so heavy. Mm -hmm. It can be so much to even carry. Like, so I do think there's a right time to heal for everyone. And that time is different because honestly, like this is why repressed memories come up. Like somebody in their fifties, all of a sudden remembers that they were molested because mm-hmm. literally their, their brain can't handle it. Their unconscious mm-hmm. would not be able to, to survive. So, so to speak, if they had the information. So somebody comes to you and they're at that point where they're, they're cool to let go of the shame. Now mm-hmm. they don't want to carry the shame anymore. I wonder if there's a courageous path to even describe or what words you could even use to Mm -hmm. describe what is the courageous path of letting go of shame? Because that Mm -hmm. is like, yes, we're talking about HPV and sex. And we're talking about letting go of sexual shame, which I think Mm -hmm. is probably the biggest liberation for all of us, Mm -hmm. especially I'll speak for myself as a man with like previous sex addiction. Um, But what does that look like, you know, in your opinion from, Mm -hmm. from your own life and from the women that you've worked with and just, you know, the, the sage that's developing inside of you, the elder that's developing inside of you, what does she say about the pathway of courage to actually heal mm-hmm. shame and let it go? What does that even look like or feel like? Yeah, I, I love the way that you articulated that. Um, one thing I thought of when you were sharing your experience that I think will resonate with anyone who's listening who has gone through a rocky time, maybe maybe toxic relationships or hookup nature or whatever the thing is that you might hold some shame about. If you never find your edges, you will never find your center. So you, we as humans are looking for those edges and we oftentimes have to experience what we are not or what we do not want in order to know, like not just know, but like gnosis, like I know with every cell in my body that I am this, or I am that, or I want this, I want that. So we all do this. We all have to explore, right? Um, we all get to explore, so I think that's the first thing is is understanding that we all, to some degree, go through this stage in our life where we should. I think it's it's part of the maturation process of becoming a wise adult is understanding what you don't want and what you don't, you know, what you don't want to continue creating in your life because you have experienced it and seen that it is empty. You can't know until you experience it for sure. So I think there's that piece. And then also, you know, you said the courageous path, which I love. Um, it doesn't feel like we love it when we're in it. Right, right. You know, it doesn't we, feel we, like love. Yeah, retrospect. Courage doesn't always feel like love for sure. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, courage is not without fear sometimes. Um, I think maybe all the time. Um, I think that's what defines courage is like in the face of fear, I continue, I go this way because I know it's the, the highest version for me. It's the highest path for my true self, my true nature. Um, so I think the path of courage for this woman who's carrying shame is sort of, um, I would say, rooted in a little bit of homeopathy where the 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 poison is actually the medicine, right? If we are connecting sex and sexuality, uh, sensuality, pleasure to this shame, like sex is wonderful. We are sexual beings. There is no reason why we should feel shame about being sexual beings. It's literally the thing that keeps our 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 humanity <laughs> continuing on, the human race continuing. Mm-hmm. Like we all need this. There's nothing to be shamed about there. But yet we do. There is still shame. Um, and I think the homeopathy piece is, 
you know, this this pleasure, right? We shame pleasure, not just in a sexual sense, but even like, oh, I shouldn't have had that piece of cake, but you loved that piece of cake. Oh, I shouldn't have gotten that massage. I should have, you know, I should have cleaned the house instead. Mm-hmm. Like, but you loved that massage. It was pleasurable. You you found peace and relaxation within that. So like we we should and should not on ourselves all the time. And we carry this guilt or shame with us when we absolutely don't need to. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. in this case, at least for me, the the antidote is actually more pleasure. So what I mean by that is being present enough in your life to notice and to experience the full bouquet of pleasure in your life that is available to you. The reason why pleasure is important is because you can't experience pleasure without being present, without paying attention, right? Um talk to any woman if she's up in her head during sex there's a zero chance that she's probably that she's going to orgasm right yeah. like we know that you have to be present in your body and willing to surrender to the experience to 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 feel that pleasure and so that presence is important um i think especially when it comes to hpv because a big piece that we haven't really talked about much is the stress piece. And how many of us are walking around with our phone, we're like, okay, scroll, scroll, email, email, work, work. And we're just in this go mode all the time, not even present in our own lives to experience the pleasure that is running, that is is so bountiful if we would just put our awareness there. So I think tapping into more pleasure in your life taps you into presence. Presence makes you slow down, breathe. You know how important breath is. Breathe into your belly. You're not up in your chest. And just giving yourself even five minutes of pleasure every day is five minutes of stillness, five minutes of breath, and five minutes of presence. And I think um, that is the, the courageous path for the woman is leaning into um, this this pleasure aspect. And, you know, if we're just speaking to women, I think men and women both could um, certainly develop their skills in this area. But for women, you know, I talk to a lot of women who are, and you know this, a lot of women have a really hard time getting into their feminine, feeling that feminine flow within them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think your partner has any problem getting into her feminine from what I see. She seems very... I mean, you'll have to ask her. Yeah, yeah. I have no comment on that. Okay. <laughs> That's the but safer she, path for me. Yeah. Um, well, I, how I perceive <clears throat> her, at least in our little exchanges on Instagram and such, is she is this beautiful representation of feminine flow. And, um, and, uh, so I think that's really important for women, you know, Mm. that are living in their masculine that, um, are maybe climbing the corporate ladder and they're 28, 30, 30 years old and now have this HPV diagnosis. And if they talk to someone like me, work with someone like me, I'm going to encourage you to step into that pleasure, surrender, feminine flow in your life more and more and more. Yeah. Y'all are going to hate what I'm about to say, but I think. I know I have the gnosis. I love that you said that I have the, the knowing that for me in, in my life, um, my Marcons with my sinuses, my battle with my weight, um, uh, shame around pornography, uh, relationships, inner child work, all of these different aspects of self are 
literally God mirroring back to me a way that I can be more loving mm -hmm. to Josh first. And then I can give that to Carrie Michelle. I can be more present with you. We can go have tacos and I'm actually just like present with you while we eat the tacos. Instead of thinking, does she like me? Is there something going on? Like all of these mental constructs that the ego is just really trying to protect itself by mm -hmm. are completely washed away. Mm -hmm. And this is like the, the, the paradigm, the paradox of life by the opposite, the very thing that it's afraid of is the very, like you said, poison of the homeopathy that can provide the healing. So how do we get rid of shame? We actually dive into pleasure. Now for me, I wanna be careful when I say this, like it's not just about hedonistic pleasure where we're like gonna go party and no. do a bunch of psychedelics and say that there's ceremony, but it's actually just mm -hmm. a party and mm -hmm. you just wanna have fun. Yeah. There's the pseudo eros, the pseudo pleasure that I think people can fall into mm -hmm. where it's like, it's all good vibes, bro. And like, mm -hmm. that's life. And if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Mm -hmm. The middle ground on that is big in my mm -hmm. calendar. It actually says self-love from five to six. <laughs> it's a fucking calendar invite, Mimi. Mm -hmm. if, I, if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't happen. It works for me that mm -hmm. way. I don't mm -hmm. know how you and Chase do it, but like, yeah. how do you how do you make sure that you're not going to the pseudo pleasure mm -hmm. and that you're actually nourishing yourself with the mm -hmm. real kind of pleasure yeah. that's going to give you the healing in all aspects of self? How do you do that for you? I simplify. It can be really, really, really simple. We like to overcomplicate things in our culture, society, and you know, I think these complex health issues, there is this assumption that the the answer must be very complex, but I think that it's oftentimes way simpler than we think it is. So for me, I mean, it can be really simple. So like for anyone who's just listening, I'm just closing my eyes, my hands are on my thighs, and I can I can literally just slow my breath down and drop into what am I feeling in my body right now? That's all you have to do. You can do this sitting, you know, on the toilet in your bathroom, um, outside on your back porch, in your car before you go, you head inside from a long day of work. This is a really good time to transition into that feminine flow and really dip into pleasure. Um, certainly before sex, if you are a feminine essence, if you are the feminine representative in your relationship, I would highly recommend trying this practice it takes three to five minutes and you might just experience a heart opening, um, really powerful orgasm from this. Uh, so you can just get really quiet, still close your eyes, put your hands on the tops of your thighs. Even just that if you have like bare skin, just feeling how soft your skin is like and just leaning into that and like maybe make a noise like what would that noise feel like in my body if I were to to give a noise to that pleasure right whatever that looks like for you num, 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 num. <laughs> oh yeah or just like a <laughs> hmm yeah can be very very simple or you know even just sitting in this chair this chair is super comfy like I'm just noticing how good my butt feels in this chair that feels awesome if I was outside I would probably be sitting in the sun and just noticing how good the sun feels. Or maybe I would take a deep breath into my lungs and notice how good the cold air feels inside my lungs. Maybe I would take an even deeper breath past the point of what I think I can hold and really feel my lungs and then let everything out, cleansing all of that stagnant air that's been sitting in my lungs. Like It can be that simple. It doesn't even have to be sexual. It can be, of course, 
but it, just tune into like, what am I hearing? Oh, I'm hearing some birds chirp in the distance. Oh my God, I love that noise. Mm. I'm feeling the sun on my cheeks. I'm feeling my hands on my own soft skin. I'm feeling my body being supported by this chair that feels so good. Like even just two minutes of that, I feel softer, right? And if we get into this habit of willingly going into softness, then we're more present. We are certainly more still, providing that stillness for our body. And we are more we are more available. We are more tapped in and able to extract all the juice that is available to us at all times, basically everywhere. And that was so beautiful. I was actually just thinking, I need to go in the sun when we're done, even mm -hmm. though it's 30 degrees out here, yeah. 28 degrees. Um, for parents, what yeah. you just talked about is so important. It's almost like the higher you climb, the more you can fall when it comes to these habits. So as a parent, um, and I'm sure for, for you and your man that's in the future, it has to be in some form. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can share about that, maybe not. Um, but when we're parents, the, the load of stress and the things that pull us away from the present moment increase, mm -hmm. especially times two, because I have a daughter and a son. So if I don't have it in my schedule, this is actually the call to action for all of us to just put it in your schedule. Like you're so worthy. We're so worthy of this. And it's mm -hmm. so simple, but like, mm -hmm. are you doing it? That's mm -hmm. actually the thing. Can you schedule 30 or 60 minutes for yourself and actually do that? Can you have a self-love? I don't want to say challenge because that's the wrong word. Can you just have a self-love commitment and agreement to you mm -hmm. that allows you to do the things? Maybe it's the two minutes of just touching your legs or sitting in presence or Gosh, it's so simple. It's so freaking simple, Mimi, but like actually are we doing it? That's mm -hmm. where the rubber meets the road. And I think behind that is really a journey of, am mm -hmm. I worthy enough to yeah. keep my promise to myself? Yes. That's what it's been for me. Yeah. Can I keep my promise to myself for the thing that I checked off, for the PDF that I downloaded, for the thing in my calendar? Is, is there worthiness in my system? There's a cultivation of that process. And we can't end this podcast until we talk about that because all roads lead to that. So mm -hmm. somebody comes to you because, and by the way, it's on the screen right now, it's clearhpv.com. And um, thank you, it's a discount you gave to the audience. Mm -hmm. It's 10% yeah. off. So yeah. Josh 10, share this podcast with somebody that's been maybe dealing with stress mm -hmm. or trauma around HPV. It's clearhpv.com. Um, but what I'm really wanting from you, and, and honestly, I'm selfish on the podcast. I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah. You want the medicine. That's yeah. why the medicine <laughs> is in your podcast name. Yeah. I want the truth. I want the wisdom. I, I want the wisdom that's going to make me more well. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder what you'd say about the, the self-love piece that's connected to even giving ourselves the permission to follow mm -hmm. through on the practice of mm -hmm. commitment and nourishing us, giving us that hour or 20 minutes. What did that look like for you mm -hmm. up to this point in your life? And, and what can you share for all of us? What's the wisdom you can share about keeping promises to oneself mm. when the stakes are at their highest? Mm. You have such great questions. I think, again, it comes back to, and this is absolutely true in my own life, which is why I can say it with such conviction. It comes back to treating yourself like a friend you are meant to help. So, or a child that you're meant to help. If your either son or daughter needed something from you and it truly needed something from you and 
was asking for that. Like they were hungry. They haven't eaten in 12 hours and they are needing food and they're asking for food from you. And you were like, ah, too busy. You know, that is literally denying them what they need and what they want. And it's a simple example, but if we can somehow transform the way that we think about ourselves, because we all do have that little child in there somewhere that's looking for nourishment and love and connection and intimacy, if we, if we can think about it in that way. And for me personally, the, the word that I chose this year, Chase and I have this practice of choosing a theme or a word for our year that has maybe that is maybe multifaceted that can apply across um, different aspects of our life. Um, my word is stretch, and <laughs> bringing up something that you had mentioned, um, you know, are are we going to have kids and things like that? Yes, um, we have definitely felt that. Uh, parenthood adventure call and probably within the next year you know we'll, we'll do our best to make that happen um, but this is something that um, I've chosen this word stretch not only for the physicality of like if I become pregnant I'm physically going to stretch and yeah. what does that mean for me how I think about myself how I see my body how I treat my body I've never been pregnant before I don't know how I'm going to fully feel and and the the conversations the story that I'm going to tell myself this isn't an easy path you know the path of pregnancy is not easy so I chose that word for that reason and then also being a podcaster being in the health and wellness field I'm sure you feel this to some degree too we have so much knowledge we have so many bits of information up here in our head it's like we know what to do we know what is going to make us feel best and it comes down to are we actually doing it and so that stretch that word that i've chosen is literally a cue to myself where i can ask myself honestly because i'm treating myself as a friend that i am meant to help you know i chose this word stretch I know that I want to, need to. My intention is to, um, you know, take a walk on the beach today. I'm, I'm feeling that I need that. I need that grounding. I need the ocean. I need the sound. I need the meditation. Am I going to do it? And part of me is like, well, you could squeak out another Instagram post and maybe make a few sales here and there. That's probably the <laughs> rational choice, but that's not stretchy. Mm -hmm. What's stretchy is what I know that I need. But maybe in this moment, I, there's something holding me back from giving that to myself. The true stretch is saying, this can wait. I'm going to go here because I know that it's what I need. So I would say to the listener who maybe has a hard time following through, you gave per you perfect examples of maybe you need it in your calendar. Maybe you need accountability, buddy. You know, Maybe you're going through something with someone and you can check in with each other. Yeah. I'm not saying that you should always depend on another person to keep you accountable to what you know you need to do in your life, but it can be um, a good it can be a good like starter pack, right? Um, and then I think choosing something a cue to yourself, get really still, quiet, maybe journal your intention, what you want for yourself this year. Maybe that is clearing HPV. What is your intention? What do you know you will have to do? What is your dream? And how will clearing HPV help you realize that dream? Like, how, what will this provide for you? You have to anchor it into something that is deeper than just a, a positive or negative test or a 
um, you know, whatever else that is coming up in your life where you're like, I know I need to do this, but for some reason I'm, I'm not providing it to myself. You have to anchor it to something deeper than just you, than just the superficial, superficial details. So I would encourage everyone out there, um, you know, it's still early on in the year. If you haven't chosen a dream objective or goal for your year, I would do that ASAP and then look at that and say, how will clearing HPV or, you know, improving my health in this way or that, how will it help me achieve my dream? Mm -hmm. Or how will my anchoring to my dream help me do this? You have to anchor it to something much deeper than just what you know in your head up here. Mm -hmm. You just brought up so much in me. I, um, my friend and his two daughters were in a plane crash and mm. his name was Christian and, and it happened just a couple weeks ago. And, and I was talking with Mark, my mentor from the vision quest. And he said, Christian lived such a generous life. You know, he was such a generous man and he, and he really was. And I, it's funny, I hadn't picked a word for myself, but just hearing you say that your word was stretch with you know the, the desire for children in the future and the desire to actually paradoxically give to yourself instead of do the Instagram post, that's your stretch, <laughs> which is so, it's so classic for people that are achievers, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like thinking and feeling at the same time, what a, what a beautiful way to just honor life, to just have a word that we focus on, like a theme that we focus on. So I would like to just declare publicly that my word for this year to honor Christian and to honor you and just to honor everyone, the word is generosity. Mm. When I'm a little kid, one of the wisdom pieces you gave us from the sage said, uh, if I wanna build courage and if I wanna keep promises to myself, I get to listen to the inner child. Mm -hmm. I get to actually tend to myself as if I was a child that deserve, that deserve love. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really big piece because when I was a child, I was very generous with my affection. You know, little Josh was always coming out to play. I can see that. And, and, I, and I feel in my adult life, especially learning from Nova and Naya and just the responsibility of podcasting and business. And you know, because you're a business owner too, there's such two worlds that we hold of like responsibility, but also expression and giving to ourselves and stretching. Mm -hmm. So I would just like to declare that my word for 2024 is generosity. Love it. I'm going to be generous. You are going to stretch. I don't know, Chase, what's your, what's your word, Chase? Chase is here in the studio. Strength. Chase's word is strength. So strength, stretch, and generosity. What's your word, y'all? Let us know. This is gonna be a clip on Instagram. So what is your word for this year? because it's so important, the power of words. You know, we're mostly water and our voice box emits vibration and those words actually go into mm -hmm. our unconscious. So words are spells, mm -hmm. words are prayer. That is my word. That feels so good, by the way. We just decided that. that we're gonna stay in Austin for a while and you know, y'all come out and see us and you're here for a reason now because there's a message that wants to come through you as you stretch. And so how can we be more generous? How can we stretch ourselves more? Maybe to the things that aren't just mentally uh, nourishing, but on a soul level, how can mm -hmm. we nourish ourselves? That's a big stretch for all of us. So we covered so much ground. What is something that we didn't cover about mm -hmm. HPV or honestly, like what's something you've been wanting to really go into depth or that you've been wanting to share as mm -hmm. you go on your podcast and maybe your own podcast? What's the medicine that you still want to share mm. about liberation of sexuality, <clears throat> mm. liberation of HPV, and just liberation of slavery in any form mm -hmm. in the human experience? Yeah. 
Well, something that is really important that we haven't touched on, that we haven't talked about a ton, is um, immune intel AHCC, because this is the only health supplement that has been clinically proven to help eradicate HPV. And this is important because if someone goes to their doctor and they get diagnosed HPV positive, a lot of times the next question is, what can I do? Is there something that I can do to help my body? And oftentimes the gynecologist will either say no, or they will say, just be healthy and don't smoke, something like that. Just maybe cut back on drinking, don't smoke and try to be healthy. Well, for the woman who doesn't drink that much, she doesn't smoke and she thinks that she's healthy. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, what the heck is she supposed to do? Yeah. Because I hear that a lot. I don't get it. I'm so healthy. And this is an absolute, I'm sorry, this is not, uh, sorry, I'm not sorry. Um, this is absolutely wrong. This is not correct. There is so much you can do to improve your immune system almost overnight. And some of those things are, you know, a lot of these things are free. Sunshine, grounding, um, laughter, breath, sleep, right? These all help improve our immune function. One of the things that is um, that can also improve your immune function, your immune surveillance, is immune intel AHCC. This is the active hexose correlated compound that comes from the mycelia of shiitake mushrooms. And this was developed in the 1980s in Japan. And uh, immune intel AHCC is our private label of AHCC. This is the most clinically researched specialty immune supplement in the world with hundreds of studies behind it. And in the latest study in 2022, this was published in Frontiers in Oncology. They had two groups of women. One was the test group, one was the placebo group. All the women had high-risk HPV, meaning the strain that could lead to cervical cancer. And it had been present in them for over two years. So for some reason, their body wasn't able to clear it. They had two groups of women and gave HCC to one group of women, and the placebo group received an inert sugar pill that did nothing. What they saw in the test group was 64%, over 64% of women were able to clear their HPV in six months or less. The placebo group, only 10% cleared their HPV in that time frame. So that is a statistically significant difference here. As good as AHCC is, and as, I will go to my uh, my my deathbed talking about immune intel AHCC because of its myriad of benefits and um, uh, helpful mechanisms of action in the body for sure. But as good as AHCC is, that sixty four percent is not a hundred percent. So what's missing here? What's missing is that. Any woman listening right now who has been diagnosed positive for HPV, you do not have a AHCC deficiency. There is something that's going on in your life that is um, that is negatively impacting your immune your immune response and immune surveillance. We need to figure out what that thing is. Yes, immune intel AHCC can help. It's a big piece of the puzzle. It's one of those things that overnight can help your immune system. 
So it's a big piece of what I speak about, what I teach about. But I would be remiss. I would be lying if I said that that was the whole picture. It's not. And it's just one piece of the puzzle. We have to look at the other pieces of the puzzle, which is why I don't just sell immune Intel HCC. I developed a whole program alongside Dr. Nathan Riley to look at these other aspects of your lifestyle, your nutrition, your movement, your mindset, your breath, your sleep, your hydration, your relationships. Um, all of these have a huge impact on our expression of health. And um, if we don't address that initial immune dysfunction, we have to go upstream. If we don't, we are just behaving in the same way as the conventional model with a little bit more natural natural medications. Mm. We're not addressing the root of why there is an immune a, a, a signal from your body in the first place. Isn't that mycelium wild? Yes. I saw it's on the screen right now. We're going to find the B-roll for this. There is mycelium that is in a forest. I believe it's in Germany. It's the largest entity in the world. It's the mm -hmm. largest living organism. Mm -hmm. I've also seen studies in Japan where they would put mycelium, I think, feet away from each other and it would grow together. It would find the way. Mm -hmm. It creates homeostasis wherever it goes, mm -hmm. the, the mycelium. Yeah. So there's something in the, the Intel product you're talking about that it's true nature in life is mm -hmm. to create tranquility and to create center. Homeostasis is center mm -hmm. or optimal functioning. Mm -hmm. So doesn't that fascinate the hell out of you? Just yes. what mycelium actually is and how it, how it lives in the world. Its mm -hmm. sole purpose is just to have equanimity mm -hmm. and, and to create some order yeah. out of chaos. The mycelia is really like a combination of the neural network and the immune system of the fungal organism. We don't really see it because it's underneath the ground. We see the, the fruiting body of the mushroom pop up through the grass or the forest floor. But what we don't see is the millions and billions of miles of mycelia underneath that forest floor that's sending information and nutrients to every tree in its path. This is the old growth forest. They are comprised like the earth is mycelia and we are the earth. We are nature. So it makes sense to me that something like a mycelial product like Immune Intel AHCC could be so helpful in this way. It's not a, an immune booster. A lot of people make that mistake. They call it an immune booster. And I, I understand that, that assumption, but it's not. It's actually an immune modulator. It is helping to regulate your immune system. That's why it's mm. helpful for not only people with HPV, cancer, Lyme, things like that, but it's also helpful for people with autoimmune um, issues. So because it has this normalizing effect in the body, and that's what happens in nature, it has this normalizing effect in nature because it's able to send and receive nutrients and information in our on our earth, in our earth, in the forest floor, everywhere. Mm. You, you pull up any tree, any bush, there will be mycelia underneath there. Even if you don't see the mushroom, there will be mycelia. So... I've, uh, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I want this intelligence in my body every <laughs> single day. Yeah. I'm not going to wait for a, a diagnosis. Sure. I want my NK cells, these natural killer cells, these generals of my immune system to be optimal year round. Because again, it's not just about HPV. They're also detecting things like mutated cancer cells. I want that intelligence year freaking round. 
And so HCC is not a, an HPV medication. It's not an HPV supplement. Mm-hmm. It is a human body, total physiology supplement with many, many different mechanisms of action that are really beneficial to every human with an immune system. So again, all that to say, immune intel HCC, very important piece of the puzzle. And we, in fact, give a free bottle to everyone in the Clear and Free program because I want you to have that, you know, that intelligence in your body ASAP. And, and sometimes the other, the other lifestyle factors take a little time to, to incorporate, to change your diet, to incorporate more movement or maybe less movement. That can take some time. And that is our goal. But right away, I want this intelligence in your body you know, to to help um, to help this process of viral recognition and neutralizing right from the jump. And the mycelium goes through the HCL and makes it through and still is bioavailable. Mm-hmm. Like in other words, the the generals are still being mm-hmm. strengthened when the product goes yeah. through the yeah. actual intestines and gets into the blood. Yeah, and AHCC um, because of its molecular structure is actually more bioavailable and more absorbable for the human body than say like um, say fruiting body medicinal mushroom products. How so? Because it is made up of what's called alpha glucans instead of beta glucans. So the difference here is alpha glucans are much smaller on a molecular size. So your body and you, we have more enzymes to break them down. And so um, the, the difference is um, alpha glucans are about 5,000 Daltons. And beta-glucans are upwards of 200,000 Daltons or more. What's a Dalton? Dalton is the unit of measure that they use to, uh, to measure, to quantify, to measure the size of the, the um, polysaccharides um, that exist within these mushroom products. So because HCC is mostly made up of alpha-glucans, that's one of the reasons why it's so freaking potent in the body in a good way, because your body is absorbing more of the actual intelligence than you would taking a, you know, a standard beta glucans type mushroom extract, which I love. I use those every day. We have other mushroom products that have beta glucans. They are amazing. Their um, immune um, benefit usually comes from the GI tract, this, this stimulation of the GI tract, less a direct connection to Things like NK cells increasing, T cells increasing, things like that. So that's why we see such a huge boost, a huge um, uptick in things like NK cells. It's up to 300% more efficacious. um, And that communication between those NK cells is also improved. So (laughs) HCC is literally a mushroom unicorn. That's, That's what I refer to it as. The alpha in this case is what we want. I mean, we want the beta as well but Mm -hmm. we really want the alpha. Mm -hmm. There's like a joke I could make there, but I'm not going to make it. Right. Um, (laughs) I I heard the joke in my head. (laughs) Okay. But, but yes, this is so important. And yes, mushroom products they're they're. I really feel like we're scratching the surface. Yes. They they haven't been around for that long, maybe a few decades where there's been actual energy, definitely in the last decade, but only a a few decades where people have even known about what mushrooms can do. Shout out to Paul Stamets. He really, when he went on Rogan, that changed the game. Mm-hmm. Like people, yeah. people open their eyes to psychedelics. People open their eyes to mycelium as healing tools mm-hmm. rather than just some fringe thing. Right. Right. So credit to him for that. P- totally. But also mushrooms have been used for actually thousands of years in Chinese medicine. So things like reishi were um, like the reishi mushroom 
were actually harvested and reserved for royalty um, because of how potent and and um, how beneficial they were for the body. Uh, tremella mushroom, which is in our product, Mushy Love Latte, that we brought you. Tremella mushroom dates back to like I think like the eighth century, and there was this Chinese um, this Chinese empress that was basically known for her beauty, and she basically uh, she attributes it to the use of daily tremella mushroom because it holds so much moisture in the skin. So they used to say, oh my God, your skin looks so beautiful, so young. And she's like, yeah, it's the tremella. Um, and so all that to say, like these mushrooms have been used for actually for thousands of years. It's just in our awareness where we're swinging back towards more natural approaches to health, where in the last, you know, I would say probably 30, 40 years, they've, they've come online more for us. But this intelligence has been understood for a very, very long time. It's just swinging now back to us and making the rounds around the earth. I wow. Think. Well, huge shout out to mushrooms. Yes. Thank you mushrooms for yeah. all the ways that you help <laughs> with your divine medicine in so many ways, not just on a, a brain level, but on an immune level. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, like a spiritual level, you know, there's something that I want to ask you and I ask every guest and you already answered it when I asked you about wisdom, because I think wisdom applied with life experience really leads to wholeness and wellness and well-being. You can't have well-being. You can't fake it. It would be nice. Actually, no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> it wouldn't be nice <laughs> if we could fake it. It would be nice if maybe at times there was an easier path to, to living well, to having well-being. But, you know, with your life experience and going from dental hygiene and having the, the couple moments that really shaped now what you're doing with um, clearhpv.com, there's got to be some nugget inside of you that you wished maybe you could have eased your own suffering or shortened the learning curve of your own suffering. If you were to, to give your maybe 18, 25 year old self that little piece of wisdom, what would you give her? What would you tell her that could have eased her suffering or made her suffering a little bit less? Hmm. The words that came to my mind were, girl, chill out. <laughs> chill out is it that simple chill out you don't need a six-pack chill out <laughs> you're expecting too much of yourself in this area chill out eat a fucking sandwich <laughs> because i was the person that would say like oh no i don't eat bread i don't eat sugar i don't eat desserts chill out take a night off working out chill out be unproductive for one day. Just like explore your city. Mm. Chill out, I think, would have been, and if I would have really heard that and taken it to heart, I think that um, I could have avoided a lot of psychic weight and stress in my life trying to be just so, trying to get it perfect. And when I, you know, oh, oh, or avoiding failure, like chill out, girl, you're just learning. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. And once you know better, you can do better. Mm. Just chill out. So that's what came to my mind. That's a recipe for wellness. Mm -hmm. I wonder what else you might say. You know, how do we live our life well? What, what is wellness to you now with the road ahead for you and mm -hmm everything that you're doing in the world where you're truly being of service to people. It's not easy. Is there an ingredient list or is there yeah. a way of being that you 
do your best to embody. I know mm-hmm. you're not perfect. Or I hope you're not perfect. That'd be kind of boring if you were perfect. <laughs> no, definitely. Maybe not there's perfect. days where Chase is like, wow, she actually is perfect. She's perfect. Um, <laughs> I hope so. But but how do you live your life well? You know, what's that yeah. like for you now on a high level? We mm-hmm. talked a lot in the depths of, mm-hmm. of how to do that, but on the highest level, in the most simplistic way to articulate it, how do you live your life well? Mm-hmm. I would say here. There's so many things like this. This is a whole podcast, but for me, um, living well, I think is rooted in my relationships, obviously my relationship to self and source, first of all, but also my relationship to my partner that adds so much joy and love and blessing to my life to such a degree that I, I didn't know life and love could be this good. Um, my relationships, you know, working relationships, people that I respect in our industry, you know, this, like it adds so much to your life to know that there are such good people around you. Even if you've only had one podcast with them, you know, that you could probably email them and they would want to help you in some way if they, if they could, right. Yeah. Yeah. Your network is so huge. And the, the time and energy that I put towards my relationships it pays off every year, just tenfold over and over and over. And I think above all else, the my relationships, family, friends, working relationships, and certainly my partner and myself um, provide wellness um, because I'm, I'm pouring into them. And uh, that's really where I, I receive the most blessing in my life. I could talk about blood tests. I could talk about you know, just having an open mind in life, just resisting the urge to say, I already know that. How much wellness would be added to your life if all of us just stopped saying that? Oh, I already know that. I already know that. I already know that. Um, and just continually be curious about your life. I could say stopping, having very unproductive walks where I'm not walking for efficiency. I am walking one to to get movement, yes, but also to interact with my world, my environment, to stop and smell the rose. You know, we walk to the grocery store every day to get our food for dinner. Um, it's just a couple blocks away, and there's this rose bush right outside. I stop every single time because I want that pleasure in my life. I want to be able to stop and smell the rose. Um, and I could I could go on and on, but um, I think ultimately the, the biggest piece is my relationships that I pour into. It's beautiful. And I want you to please carry, I'm casting a spell with my words, please carry that wisdom when you bring children into the world, because <laughs> the practice of doing that will become more challenging at times. Mm-hmm. And it's so valuable. It's so important because who's the next generation when we're gone? Yeah. If they're not going to embody what's been shared today, then why are mm-hmm. we sharing it? Right. What's, what's even the point of us having this discussion right. Right. if it's not going to be carried on? So um, this has been great. I've really enjoyed having you back on the podcast. We'll have to do another one where Chase comes on yeah, and brings totally. some of his wisdom about how to mm-hmm. integrate the feminine and masculine yeah. into the masculine form, which is also needed. It's yeah. why on the screen, the upside down triangle in our logo for wellness and wisdom is me wanting to embody my own feminine. Yeah. Uh, that's been my learning curve in life. And so thank you for teaching us today. Thank you for being here. Until we see you again, we're both wishing you love and wellness. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for being with us on the Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. Every link, resource, and wellness good you heard today can be found at your show notes page. Roll over to joshtrent.com forward slash podcast, and you just got an exceptional gift of wellness and wisdom. Don't let it go to waste. Don't be one of those people who hears a podcast, smiles, gets entertained, but puts down their phone and doesn't embody it. 
doesn't use it. You can choose something different today. And I know you feel this to start a new journey. Head over to joshtrent.com forward slash M21 and get three free weeks of coaching from me to you directly in your inbox. Get your free morning 21 wellness guide, including your breathwork practice and guided journey from my heart to yours based on 20 years of my own experience. That's joshtrent.com forward slash M21. And if you're ready to dive deeper right now, join us in the wellness and wisdom community by enrolling in our Breathe Breath and Wellness program over at breathwork.io. At breathwork.io, this is a three-week journey where you're going to save $150,000 and months of travel to learn the best of the best breathing science and spirit to apply into your life to eradicate stress using your breath. The world's not getting any easier, but you can be stronger. Join me on this three-week guided journey, including binaural beats, guided breathwork meditations, proper posture and muscle training, so you can learn how to use your breath as your ally for the rest of your life. No matter what comes your way, if you can breathe, you can choose. Use code PODCAST25 over at breathwork.io to save 25% off your Breathe Breath and Wellness three-week guided program to work directly with me at breathwork.io. Use code PODCAST25 to save 25% off. I cannot wait to see you in the program.